Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, morning everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this new day, a new week ahead, a new opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that lies when we look that that we that lies in our thoughts when we look forward to this week and all the challenges that come with it. And we thank you, Father, that when we read and focus on your word, when we communicate with you, that inspires faith. Just like you told Abraham, as far as you can see, I have given this land for your inheritance. You bid us look forward in faith. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for that grace that you make available in our lives. That which we have touched in faith, you are able to bring about into manifestation when it is in alignment with your will. We thank you, Lord, that you give us that liberty to speak. You give us the authority and it is backed by your government. We thank you, Father, for the love that is unchangeable on your behalf, that does not depend on our behavior, on our actions. Your love is constant. We thank you, Lord, that you are unchangeable. And we thank you for this opportunity to commune with you in the secret place, that when we know things about you, then we are able to engage you accordingly. Then we are not limited or restricted our footsteps are not stopped in their tracks. And we are able to come back to you even in times when we made mistakes, which is most often the case. And we thank you, Lord, that you continue to pour your peace and your joy into our hearts. Every time we come back to you in repentance and are willing to, re to revoke and replace that which we have done which is not in alignment with your will. You are ever willing to bring transformation in us. You are ever willing to help us make a new start. And we share that same peace and joy that you pour into our hearts in the secret place, Lord. We share it with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it also, Lord, with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them. And as we offer our faith to stand in that gap, we call on your name. The name of our Maker, our Father. The one who is ever faithful. The one who is the preserver of men. The Ancient of Days. And we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. That name through which we can make every prayer. He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he will do for you. He is our rock, our refuge, our foundation the author and the finisher of our faith and our destiny. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the one that leads us in the day of battle. And it is he who is given to us as our daily bread, food for our spirit every single day. We thank you, Lord. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of truth. The one given to us to be our comforter, our intercessor, our counsellor, our standby, our strengthener, our teacher, our friend. 
He is the seal of the age to come. And he has made his tabernacle within our body. He is here to stay even unto the end of time. We thank you, Lord. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives, Lord. I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. And we also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord. From Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Shows my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue and the discernment to choose life every time we speak. Thank you, Jesus. Today we start a new four-part series. Last week we've studied the pattern of Adam, which was the pattern of rebellion, the pattern of sin. And we said that pattern is broken when we step into the we step into another pattern, which is the pattern of Jesus. That's the pattern of you could also call the pattern of Adam the pattern of curses. So this is the pattern of blessings, the pattern not of rebellion, which was the case of Adam. Now this is the pattern of submission to God. Jesus submitted totally. And this is also the pattern of righteousness and holiness. So let's take a closer look at what is this pattern all about. What does it really mean? How did we come to be a part of that pattern of faith? What sort of life does this pattern give shape to? Because we're breaking away now from the pattern of thorns and thistles, of hardship and curses. And for that, to understand that, we need to look at, and this is, this is God's vision for us, from the start and you will see as we go through scripture so for that we need to look at Ephesians 1 so this reflection <clears throat> the whole reflection is based on Ephesians chapter 1 and a few bits here and there from Ephesians 2 that paints a picture of God's plan for us we say that God has a plan for us in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 but you will see his grand master plan in Ephesians chapter 1, when you start reading it, when it starts from verse 4 where it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes, not in our own. So the first thing is, even before he brought creation into existence, 
he had that plan for us. It is not when, when he formed Adam or when he was forming Adam before he brought creation into existence. The plan already existed. This is what I want for man. And then he verbalizes that in Genesis 1 when he has made man, brought everything into creation and says, let them have abundance and dominion. Let them have multiplication and be fruitful. So even before the world was made, which means his plan for you is not like we see in Jeremiah 1 verse 5 when he formed you in your mother's womb and that's when he called you. That's when he actually called and ordained you. But the plan that he had for you even as an individual was from the foundations of the earth before creation. That's when he chose us. And that's when he placed each one of us in Christ to be holy and blameless. Not stand in his courts guilty. To be holy and blameless. That's the kind of life he is calling us to. That is really the life of being in Christ. We are called to holiness. When you are born again, this is the call that is made to each one of us. Be holy and be blameless. And for that he says, I give you my spirit. I release mercy every morning and I'm always willing to pour grace. Life as you have known it till now has been full of pitfalls. Every single time we've made mistakes, this time I will help you rise above them. And that's what really our Christian journey is about. Moving to the point of, or moving on that journey of being holy and blameless by shutting the doors that we have opened all along in our life to sin and to curses, we shut them one by one and the Holy Spirit shows them to us. And he helps us fight those battles. That is where he brings about that transformation in our experience from a life that is full of or always being called guilty and sinful to holiness. Why did we end up that way? Because right from the start, from the day we are born, in some, in many cases, even before, while we are still in the mother's womb, we have been attacked. Some babies are born with fear. And you wonder, how did this child from day one know fear? A lot of people look at it as an emotion. But when you look at it spiritually, you know, fear is a spirit. And Satan has tried to keep us as far as possible from this truth which we have just seen in Ephesians 1 verse 4. And that is what you need to remember always. But now you know it. It was hidden from you all this time. That God had that plan for you right from the start. So he had placed us in Christ from the beginning. But from our birth, we continued to and we chose to be in Adam. And Satan kept us blinded to this truth. But now when you know this truth, then you no longer remain in Adam. You come in Jesus.
that's when people really give their heart to Jesus. And if you are thinking, oh, but I am a Catholic, I have been baptized and have gone through sacraments and all of it, you have only been through process. You haven't really given your heart. That is where your personal transformation starts. That is where you are truly born again. That is where you receive God's spirit in real sense. Till now you have received him in the past, even through your confirmation. He has been dormant, sitting in one corner, unrecognized. Moving further with that scripture in verse 5, he says, God predestined you to be adopted as his child through Jesus. That's your next step, isn't it? When you are born again, you get adopted into God's family. We no longer become a descendant of Adam and so a candidate for that curse that continues, but that is broken. Your lineage is changed. That is why when you look at Galatians 3, 13, 14, it says Jesus Christ went on the cross, hung on the tree, broke the curse so that the blessings of Abraham, you are now joined to the lineage of Abraham, one who was called by God and who demonstrated faith. And so whatever God promised him and his lineage, those promises now become applicable to us. We become a candidate for those promises instead of the curses of Adam. So he chose us, he chose you before creation. And you were predestined already. Your destiny was written that this one will be adopted into my family and I shall pour my blessings on them. But you never thought of it that way. It's worth reading Ephesians 1 again and again and look at it closely with understanding. And he decided at that time before the earth was formed that you should be his child. That he will adopt you. And being that child and brother of Jesus means you carry the same genetic makeup. The image and likeness of God that is perfected in Jesus which we see mentioned in Hebrews 1 verse 3. That same image and likeness is what you should be carrying. You are called to be holy and you are called to be blameless. That's the image. That is what we talk about often. You see, you are saying that in Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. The image and likeness, the perfection of holiness and being blameless. So the pattern of sin and rebellion, which was Adam's nature, is now replaced by the pattern of Jesus, which is submission to God. Submission to God because that's the opposite of rebellion. And walking in righteousness and holiness. Now, I hope you understand why we always talk about surrendering to God. Anything that we exercise of our own will will always be rebellion. If it is not in alignment to Him. If you are trying to walk away from His will. And then verse 6 says, he made these adopted children accepted in Jesus already, even before creation. 
It's not when you said, oh, I cover myself in the blood of Jesus, then he will accept you. So the whole process, the Bible tells us the lamb was slain from the foundations of the earth. Now you join that with this. The price was paid right from the start. He knew it. He had planned it that way. Jesus is going to the cross. didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen. Oh, now man has sinned. Oh, they've gone from bad to worse. So now let me send Jesus. The plan was already in place of what Jesus would do and how God would already adopt man as his child. That is what really Ephesians is trying to tell us. The vision that God had for us right from the start. Knowing what could potentially happen, but having a plan for it to solve it and fix it, which didn't depend on us. It depended on him entirely and he did it. When I was at Mass on Sunday, at the homily, the priest said he had received a question some time ago where one of his parishioners asked him, this was not a priest from our parish, but one of his parishioners asked him, why was God so inhuman to, so as to send his own son to die? Which father would want his own son to die? And we should probably take that as a separate morning encounter. I would do that. But it's important for us to understand what was his perspective there. But I'm just making a mention because it's remotely connected here. When you say the lamb was slain from the foundations of the earth, it was planned. More importantly now, Jesus became the prototype of what man should look like in God's eyes. And so whatever he accepted in Jesus, he accepted for all of us. That is why Jesus is called the first fruits. And we are redeemed by his blood, which God accepted as payment and atonement. He paid the price for all times, all those times that we have broken the law or will continue to break the law. He has paid it in full in advance. And this is God's answer to Satan who keeps coming back to accuse people of breaking the law. Each time it is one who is in Jesus, then he stands as a lawyer before God's court. That is why it is also important for us to be in Jesus. If you are not in him, he cannot represent you. And you can be in him in a simple way by confessing as Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says, believing in our heart on Jesus, demonstrating that faith and then confessing it with our mouth that he is Lord, that I now come under his jurisdiction. He is Lord of my life. I am baptized in him. And Galatians 3 says, that is from verse 23 onwards. Galatians chapter 3 says, when you are baptized in him, then you are now in him. You are part of him. And he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. This is John 15 now. That is not part of my reflection. But if you start reading that there, what if you understand what it means to abide in him, when you are part in him and his word starts to abide in you, he says, you shall ask anything. And it will be done. So when Jesus is our advocate in God's court now, 
he says the price is paid in full. So God says, atonement done, the man is free to go. And Satan, who is now standing there watching those proceedings, well, what can he say? He's got nothing to say. If the man has been acquitted, he has to keep quiet, go back to his drawing board and make fresh plans to trap them some other time in some other way. But for this time, the man is free to go. Why is God calling you to a life of holiness and being blameless? Because then Satan has no option. He can only blame for something that you have done against the law. But if you live a life of holiness and being blameless, then there is no case that Satan can present. Are we seeing how we can increase our immunity to him? That is why God says, I give you my spirit, I will put my laws in your heart. So when you study them, when you walk by him and be led by my spirit, that's why it's important for us to be led by him and not go and do our own thing. Because our own wisdom is very limited. It is easy to fall in Satan's trap. But when we walk by his spirit and we are led by him, then he says, watch out, there's a trap there. And he puts us into realization. So he shuts those doors that give Satan an opportunity to bring an accusation. And that is how we are able to walk in that victory. And there is nothing Satan can do about it. And God lightly touches on an example in the book of Job at the start. When you read Job chapter 1. Satan even goes to the point of saying, have you not put a hedge around him? This is that hedge. That Satan can't even get past that hedge to touch him. He has no permission whatsoever. The only permission is when we sin. So I hope this is blessing you. We will continue on this tomorrow in our second part. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an opening of our eyes to understand what it means to be in Jesus. So that as when each of us reads this chapter in Ephesians 1, and we get a better understanding of your grand plans for us, Lord. How you positioned us strategically right before creation. Then we are able to look at who we are. So that no matter what the devil says to us about us. We know what we have been meant to be. What we were meant to be right from the start. Or we keep our eyes fixed there so that then when Jesus says we maintain your joy our joy comes from knowing what the plan at the start was. So that when the devil says you are guilty our joy comes from knowing what Jesus has already done for us right from that start. And our hope cannot be eroded away. So when he says, you shall know the truth, Lord, let this truth be impressed on each of our hearts. Then we shall walk in freedom. I ask for that edification in our spirits this day. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. 
We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. All families facing division and separation of any kind. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness. All kinds of addictions as well. Let that yoke be broken by the blood of Jesus. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and friends, especially those not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith in our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the Spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the Spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mar 
scripture that's been placed on my heart this morning is from Hebrews 6, verses 13 to 15. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture shared in the chat. This is from Revelations chapter 5, verses 11 to 13, quoted from the New King James Version, where it is written, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. A second scripture shared is from Micah chapter 6, verse 8, quoted from the NIV, where it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's powerful daily reflections are divine mercy and rosary sessions as well as the Friday Bible teachings. Please share those with friends and family and invite them to come join us. And let the mercy and the grace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and His favor that comes out of His jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless you all. Thank you, Russell. God bless you all. Bless everyone.